You're listening to Food for Thought, the OFM podcast, brought to you by Vespa, nature's catalyst for optimizing fat metabolism. Welcome to Food for Thought, the OFM podcast. I'm your host, Peter Defty, with our co-host, Naomi Land. Naomi, how are you doing? Hi, I'm great. For a Saturday? Saturday in, in Aussie. And today we have Lisa Ryan on the line. And Lisa, welcome to the show. Welcome, Lisa. Hi, Naomi. Hi, Pete. Okay. Um, Lisa is the kind of athlete we'd love to have on the show because she is doing amazing things, yet just like the rest of us, including you listeners out there, she's um, got a lot going on um, in the real world. So, Lisa, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, uh, just the basics. Okay, well, I'm 37 years old. I've been a runner pretty much all my life, on and off. Different backgrounds from long distance to track. And I've just, in the last two years, started back on the track and focusing on middle distance running. Okay, so but you you also have an uh, you also have a, a life, right? Tell me, tell us a little about. Yeah, I'm a primary school teacher, full-time, mum of two, um, very, yeah, very busy life, and in that I try and train uh, pretty much six days a week, uh, double sessions most days, um, track training, long distance, gym, yeah, so it's it's pretty pretty busy, but I, I love it, so. So, so how old are your children? Uh, 14 and 12. Okay, and they're doing sports too? Yep, we're all sporty, and my husband's a CrossFitter, actually competing right now. Okay, yeah, you got him on the Vespa for the CrossFit? Yes, he took his Vespa, so hopefully he's going okay. <laughs> oh, so he's, 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 he's competing as we uh, Yeah, as we speak. speak, yes. Okay, good. How's he, is he enjoying it? He loves it, yeah, yep. Okay. Definitely not my cup of tea, though. Yeah, now what's his, what's his profession? He's a policeman. Okay. So a lot of shift work, um, which he finds hard, but he's he's getting he's getting better with his eating, um, and uh, sleep's the real real um, game changer for him. If he doesn't get enough sleep, it can all unravel for him. Yeah, no, that's sleep is a big one, and, and he's probably noticing that is he, if he can keep the the dietary part of OFM more in line with with the carbohydrate restriction, it probably helps him with managing himself. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, so you've been a runner all your life, um, and you know, you just came back from the World Masters competition. Yeah, about. Three weeks ago, um, it was held in Perth over two weeks, and I competed on the first day of the competition and on the very last day, and I had four races ranging from 400-meter hurdles up to eight-kilometer cross-country, so uh, very different distances and um, requirements, I guess. So was it a pentathlon or...? Um, I had, so I'm focusing, I've been injured for over 12 months now um, with a foot injury 
and I've only been training properly, just pushing through the pain, um, which has improved to somewhat, but the last six months, so I didn't have the best um, preparation, I guess, and I knew that going into the competition, and that was hard to deal with because I'm highly competitive. I always have been, and it's just who I am, I guess. Um, and so I knew going to the start line that I was, yeah, running at not at my full potential. So, um, yeah, 400 meter hurdles, 800 meters, um, eight kilometers and two kilometers steeplechase. So, Mm. so how did you go? Uh, well, um, six, sixth in my 800 meters, 10th cross country, fifth in staple and in the hurdles I had a stack and came last <laughs> and that was my fun event so it wasn't I wasn't uh, I didn't have any expectations on myself but my expectations were except was not to fall over and that's what I did so it was quite embarrassing but uh, that happens yeah, but that's in the, you, you know all these results are are in the world masters level, right? Top ten. My goal was to come in the top ten um, in all my events, and uh, yeah, I was really wrapped with with how I how I performed, and um, it was a lot of a big learning experience, I guess, in one of my races um, that I wanted to do, and I thought I'd do quite well, but it all unravelled and. Anyway, so I've come out of it with a lot more knowledge and um, quite determined to improve again. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. That was a that was a wonderful learning experience, and I'm glad you recognised what it was. <laughs> <laughs> so, how did you go personally? Um, well, it was a season. They were all seasons best, um, and not. Not PBs yet, um, but not far off it. When I say PBs, uh, 10 years ago, I was running my fastest, and that was on the track. So um, I think I can easily get back to there again um, with more training. It's just time. It takes a lot of time, as you would know, with any sort of sport, especially when you've been injured. So so let's back let's back up a little bit and let's talk about your your you know journey of fat adaptation and getting your optimized fat metabolism. So I'm we're we're both kind of probably assuming that for many years you were a traditional high carb, fairly low fat runner. Definitely high carb. Um, I remember uh, even yeah, I mean, up until last year, I'd be having pastas and even, like, lots of cereal. Well, I'm also a vegetarian, so that limits um, in what I can – well, now it limits a little bit more of what I can eat. But, um, yeah, I would be definitely high-carb all the time and never felt right, always had stomach issues. Um, but you just sort of – that's – I you know, just thought, well, that's the way I am and um, sort of nothing was improving in that sense. Um, but, yeah, heavily relying on carbs. Um, and then 
Um, up last year, my coaches went to a seminar low carb down under. I think Peter, you might have been there. No, 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 no. It was probably Jeff Volick. It was it was David 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 went. So they went there and came back. I've never I never heard of LCHF before, and um, came back all excited and and said that um, about the the way of eating and how athletes were performing and feeling better and um, that there wasn't a lot of data from their understanding about track athletes um, and would I would, would I be interested in giving a go? So I'm like, okay, why not? Um, and it sort of started from there. So that's where I met David um, and he was helping me along the way and my coach, who um, she was trying to help me also and I was doing a bit of trail running last year and um, I wasn't feeling that great though. I was finding my energy levels, uh, like I could feel not the the afternoon sugar slump. I started to feel more alert and um, the gut problems started to disappear but my energy levels weren't fantastic. Um, And then I started to feel quite sick after a while and had some blood tests and then found out that I was almost anemic and then my hair was falling out and yeah, it wasn't in a good good spot and then that's where I decided that I needed to do something about it and seek some guidance with the OFM program. That's what, So that's when we started to work together, is that correct? Yep. So what changed in the respect of um needing some guidance what what things did you need to change I felt like I was treating myself a bit like a guinea pig in in a way in that I was um I was so unsure of myself and having cut like I would um from my I didn't get enough I didn't know enough I guess and I tried to research but um the, the role that carbs can actually play I actually sort of got scared of carbs and I wasn't eating I was too low in my opinion for what I was doing it was too low and I would go to try you know go and train at the track and I was always flat and I wasn't keeping up with the other runners and I was getting really disheartened and um and I just I felt like it wasn't it just wasn't working so um David was trying to persuade me for a while to try the, you know, the OFM and I'm like, no, no, you know, I thought, no, because I'm pretty stubborn, I can work this out, but yeah, it just wasn't happening, so um, I thought, well, if I'm really serious about this, about my running and about my general health, then I needed to um, take that further step, I guess. So did you sign up for the hard reset? Uh, Well... I was sort of, I was that low, I guess, in my carbs that it only needed to do it, yeah, for the hard reset. Yeah, I think that's what I did, um, um, Peter. But um, I found that I didn't have to stay low carb for very long because I was already low carb anyway. Um, But it was just sorting out my foods 
and um, I guess then yep. using Vesper and so, and yeah. We got you going on. I think we got you on the liver tablets and the vitamin D and, and, and got you on the salt and really got the salt intake. Yeah, I was a bit, um, because I'm vegetarian and I, it's for more ethical reasons, um, it was hard to, I guess, obviously um, Peter would prefer me to eat meat, but I'm like, no, that's going over the line. But I, I thought, well, you know, I can, if I don't try it and do it properly, um, and take the liver and the um, glycerine tablets, um, then, yeah, I just didn't think I was doing the program any justice. So, I, that's, yeah, yeah that, that's where I sort of went, okay, well, I'm just going to have to do that for my own health. Yeah, and then we cycled in the carbs and that, that those two things, I think, and, and the salt really kind of brought you back oh, pretty quickly. Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah. And so, how do you feel now? What are your energy levels like? Fantastic. Um, I don't uh, like every day. Every day I have energy. I people at work think I'm crazy with you know with the way that I'm eating and I'm disciplined and but you just feel so much better for it and. Yeah. The benefits yeah. of Vespa, you know, just, uh, you know, I guess I'm not always a bit sceptical and, but I just thought, well, just, you know, use it, try it, see how it works. And I mean, it's been a, a huge learning curve along the way. It hasn't all been rosy and, um, but every day I feel great. Um, don't have the, I mean, just being off sugar and whatnot, the carbs, you don't have that awful um afternoon feeling where you need to go to sleep whereas all my colleagues <laughs> they're all digging into the sugar and biscuits and and i just find it all, all back but, um sleep better yeah feel more alert training's going fantastic other than my foot um always uh, i finish stronger um, in my track sessions, whereas the others sort of slump towards the end, but I feel like I can keep going. And, you know, from short distances to, well, this morning I did 10 kilometres and I was, I hadn't eaten since 7 o'clock yesterday, last night. So, I mean, I couldn't have done that before. I always have a piece of toast and a cup of tea and... And then I would go for a run. Yeah. And do you find the eating less as well? Uh, definitely, yeah. Some days I would have two meals, um, like don't have to have breakfast, especially when um, I've had, um, so when I've had a track session and had a little bit of carbs that night afterwards and then I won't need to eat till um Obviously, with lots of that, I won't need to eat till lunchtime the next day. Um, so I've got a bit of a routine going because I know what I do on each day. So cycling in and out of the carbs and um, really lowering them on the days that I, I know that I don't have a hard track session. So yeah, yeah. definitely reduce the amount that I've eaten. 
Yeah, and how about your and recovery? Recovery? Reco- recovery is great. Did you notice that when you switched from, from you know, the high carb to, to low carb and then when you switched from low carb to OFM? Definitely. Um, I mean, I, because it's been a while now since I've had lived a high carb life, but um, I remember I've always sore, always recovering from the previous session and I still do to a point now because what I do is quite intense it's not like that I go out and do a long run and back it up with another long run. It's, it's really high intensity, like 200-meter sprints, 300-meter sprints, and we'll do, you know, 6 to 10 at a time at full pace. And, I mean, you build up the lactic acid in your legs. And, but the next day I can I – feel, I feel like I'm a little bit tired, but once I get going, I'm like, geez, I feel good again. So – um, being able to use more quality training sessions, I guess. Um, that's and, and obviously since I've gone to OFM, I've got more energy to what I had on just low-carb, high-fat. Yeah, so consistent energy throughout the day and, um, yeah. And do you find you sleep a little bit less as well? Yeah, the, the sleep I've never been really that great at, but I, I definitely um, I, I have less less sleep, but I'm not as tired. You, you sleep you sleep better, right? The quality of sleep's better, but it's less. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So I probably do need a little bit more sleep. That's my biggest. I think out of everything, that's my um, my biggest fault in, in in my improvement area. But um, I'm not tired. Yeah, so you're getting enough sleep. Yeah. And what are other advantages that you find following the OFM program in your lifestyle? I think I've learnt to relax more. It sounds a bit silly, but I've I was I'm quite a I was I'm quite a I'm always a on the go type of person and trying to multitask a million things at, at, at the time, being a mum, I guess, and, um, and I would let things upset me easily. And I think with a lot of reading and that that I've done with the OFM and I've started doing yoga and, like, I never would have, I would have laughed at doing it that before, but I've learnt to just go with the flow a bit more and not not get upset over things that I can't control. And I think that really feeds into my training too. I've noticed that I'm not, uh, like I obviously get nervous before a big race, but I used to get that nervous where I would make myself pretty much sick. Um, But now just learning, like there's this picture of me starting the 800 metres at the world and worlds and I've got a smile on my face. And that's just ridiculous to me, but no, that's wonderful. Just to go in and just so I'm just here to do my best. And whereas before, I think I would have said I need to get this time, and if I don't get this time or come this place, I'll be really upset with myself and you know feel like I've failed. But just cha- change my whole outlook of the way that I approach my racing and my training, and not beating myself up so much about 
having bad training sessions or bad races. Um, and yeah, that's, I think that's sort of come along with not just the eating, but it's a more of a lifestyle change. Yeah, it, it really does work, work well when you, when you get that whole lifestyle and boy, I'm going to give myself a pat on the back for that coaching or on that part of it. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> But uh, the, you sort of like the, the the OFM mindset combined with the physiological shift, you know, just they, they work together to, to give you that blood sugar stability so you don't have that, like, you know, emotional ups and downs. Definitely. You can't go in, into your races being all uptight and, yeah, emotional because it doesn't enhance your performance. Yeah, you now you just feel you can just go in and execute, correct? That's right, yep. So, so let's uh, move move on. You know, you know, you had these spectacular races, except for your hurdles. Was the hurdles the one where you had the banana pancakes, or was that the steeplechase? That was the steeplechase. The, the problem, in hindsight, being my first worlds, I, when I go, well, I thought I'm going all that way over to Perth. I might as well not just do one or two races. I'll, I'll make the most of my time and do more. And the big gap between the race the first and the last race it was too much I think by the end of it I was over it um it yeah mentally it was hard waiting for that long because that was the race where in a way I did put the most pressure on myself in, in to perform better um and the race was starting at eight o'clock and we have to be there an hour before the race and then we had half an hour, or at least half an hour of travelling time. So we had to get up really early and I was a bit panicky because I hadn't raced that early um, while it was over there um, in my, and how it was all going to look, I guess. So the night before I had a you know, great meal of salad and some sweet potato and had my fats and yeah, a little bit of carbs and... I should have just stopped there. I woke up early, wasn't hungry, forced myself to have big, big stack of um, a banana and um, cream cheese pancakes. There was no flour or anything like that in it, but I just thought I'll stick to my routine and cream and that on it. And then I got to the truck warming up and I could still feel breakfast just sitting in my stomach. My legs were heavy and... I wasn't feeling good about it and um, when I raced I could feel my breakfast sitting there the whole time and (laughs) it was awful. My legs wouldn't move. They were heavy. Um, Mentally I'd um, lost it. I'd given up. I I was just going through the motions of just getting around the track and at the end I said to my husband Ben, I said, I just don't feel good. And, um, yeah, then went off to the toilets and out came breakfast, dinner, <laughs> Vespa, waste of Vespa. <laughs> I, I was, I, I, and then I felt great after. It was, I shouldn't have eaten. I, or maybe I, you know, a bit of banana. Yeah, no, no, it, it's all about the fasted run. Yeah, it, it was a big learning curve for me. So, I mean, yeah. Uh, at least I can reflect on it and know what I did wrong. So, 
No, no, and and that was good because I remember after that happened, you you immediately recognized the error and just you know you and you took responsibility for it and 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 that's what we'll work with the next time so you, so you can even trust the system even better because um, for that kind of situation, a fasted run, um, you know, just having some Vespa water, a little bit of salt, you you would have smashed it with the right. I don't know why I changed my my way i guess because i guess i was so routine in all the other races and they worked so i thought well i'll just do the same for this one but the time of the day does really matter too when you race i believe and listening to your body not not the thoughts in my head but i should have just listened to my body it was telling me that i i didn't need it but yeah yeah, we'll teach you to race hungry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that was it was disappointing because I was thirty seconds off the time that I wanted, and it doesn't sound like much, but when it's on the track, it is. And um, yeah, it, it, I learned a lot from it, but you know, move on and look forward to the next ones now. Well, well, I think this is a good indic. You know, your performance in Perth is a good indicator of things to come because you know that was one of those things. It was like, oh, we're not going to do that next time, <laughs> you know. Um, so, it, any advice you give to people about you know um, because you know a lot of the the commentary out there right now is you know fat adaptation might work for ultra endurance or endurance athletes. Or, you know, people who aren't trying to push themselves. But what, what would you say about somebody like you who's doing short distance, um, elite level, world, you know, world class level competitions and, and, and how this, this OFM journey has worked for you? Um, first of all, I think I wouldn't try and do it alone. Um, like investing in like with the OFM program was the best if you're really serious about your running and your health, I think, or whatever sport that you do, because my, I mean, my husband does cro- a CrossFit, so that's short intensity um, sport too. Um, but seeking some advice and, and getting that help was the best thing that I did and not expecting that it's going to happen overnight, that it takes time. It takes time for your, for your body and for your mind and in your training, not to try and push yourself so early. Um, and I guess trust, yeah, trust in, trust in yourself, trust in the, in the way of eating. Um, not to be scared of carbs, I've learned. Um, carbs have their place definitely have their place and that you can't can't do it well I couldn't do it low carb it just wasn't working Um, and that was under 30 30 grams and under it was not working so um. yeah yeah and that's I think the key that the audience needs to know is you do the that hard reset or that physiological shift going super low carb to create that physiological foundation of high performance fat burning, then you bring the carbs in strategically. And then as you probably did when you were in a 
recovery block, you cycle them way back down again. That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, I every week I'm up, up and down depending on on my training session and. Yeah, not be just. I, I used to think about it. I would be counting my carbs and making sure that I was having enough. But now I don't think about it. It's just natural. I just have food, and I know. And actually, what I've found is that I don't need as many carbs now. What I initially thought I did in the beginning, now I find that uh, just a, a piece of fruit um, can sometimes just be enough. So I'm reliant on less carbs now. Wow, you're really doing great with this. Uh, this is exactly how we want to train people to, to get it to start taking, you know, forgetting about us and just making a lifestyle without thinking of us. Because that's what I always tell is, is that we want people to stop counting their macros, their, yeah. their carbs. Because yeah. that creates another stress on the system. And you actually, it takes the fun out of eating. Yeah. You're counting, yeah. Yeah. counting that. And you don't, I don't, I was finding that I wasn't even enjoying food. Um, but yeah, once you just let that go and go with it and trust, trust your body and what you've had to eat, it, it makes it so much better. Yep. Yep. We're all about the fun. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, we're, we were all, all of us were heavy, heavy carb um, athletes, I guess. Um, my daughter, who's the gymnast, she's the hardest one to change. My son, he's more embracing, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's a little bit older, I guess, and, um, and they, I mean, we just serve it on their plate. What, what we eat at night, they have the same, um, Breakfast, they're becoming a bit more experimental with, you know, what, what mum does and what dad does. They'll, they'll try the same. Um, but definitely reducing – I'm not saying that they're low-carb low like we are or high-fat, but they're definitely – we're more aware of what they're eating and trying to educate them too on what they eat and, and the importance of what you're putting into your body. And trying you know, less less packaged foods of you know cereals and things like that in the house. And I mean, it is hard with your kids if you haven't grown up, if you haven't been embracing that lifestyle since they were very young, like toddlers. It's it's hard to change them. I've found, but even just small changes to begin with is better than nothing at all. So I'm hoping that as we you know, keep going down the track and um, that they'll um, realise the benefits of, of eating this way and um, that they'll be more embracing of it. But, yeah, the, the 12-year-old's the hardest to change. She's um, And that's probably that age as well. Um, very much so. And they're friends in what they eat and she's very... Um, um, easily led, I guess, into whereas the son, he's, yeah, just that bit older and, yeah. Yeah, we're, I, I actually have an idea. We're going to have a, 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 a little podcast with several women um, of different ages about this because this is one of my pet peeves is, is that, that 
late elementary school, middle school age where women's hormones start to develop, that's the time when they really do need to be on a nutritionally dense, high fat, nutritionally balanced diet. And and yet they get the wrong message and they're they're starting to avoid the fat and they're they're worried about the body image and and they don't understand the physiology of carbs and how the carbs actually what is what drives the fat accumulation and and it just you know people like Nikki Kimball and Ariel Fritz some of the athletes we work with they'll they'll say that they'll tell you that the carbs just wrecked them at that age so um you know it's really important and i think the motivation is like if she wants to be really sporty uh, she sees her dad, mom and dad getting results and seeing other people start to, to do this and even her brother. She, you know, she won't ever admit to it, but she might start, you know, changing her ways if it gets to the performance. That's right. We can only have a positive influence on, on her and, and that's right. Uh, she's got good role models to, to learn from as we get better at it also. But, yeah, you can, yeah... I mean, yeah, she hasn't gone through puberty yet, but I can see it about to change, about to happen. And um, yeah, I remember back at that age, and yeah, if only I'd known about this way of eating, it would have made it all so much easier. Yeah, you know, with your own yeah. hormones each month. That yeah, how easy it is that could. It's so hard to um, deal with once a month, but yeah, with young young kids going through puberty with their hormones uh, food is so important <laughs> <laughs> yeah it definitely is and the way that you deal with um that as well as a female yeah yeah the first thing people do is go to the go to the calves when they're yeah their hormones are out of whack um yeah, and it, you know, most women who do manage to get a pretty decent level of fat adaptation, they'll they'll find that if they can just you know keep away from the carbs during the mid luteal through menses period of their cycle, it, it just helps them so much better. For sure, yeah. So, is there any other tips or tricks that you want to share with us before we tie up? I think being prepared um, each each week. Uh, like with your life when you are busy and you're working and you're a mum and you're trying to train whatever sport it might be is I think that having been prepared making me even um, cooking up lots of veggies in my sake because I'm don't eat meat but salads or uh, when, when, you, when you're traveling I think is the hardest um when you're not at your, in your own house. So I often will cook meals and take them away with me and put in the esky and or make sure I book accommodation that's got a kitchen so I can prepare meals because um, once, you've, once you're not prepared um, with your food, then that's where I think it would be easy to fall off the bandwagon and be tempted to eat things that you shouldn't or you wouldn't usually eat. Um, yeah. and, and it doesn't have to be much like for me it's even just making up a big um, you know, cheesy omelette and taking that away with me particularly when um, I, a lot of my running is um, interstate and um, Alex with her gymnastics it's always you know, down in the city so um, yeah it's not too hard to um, 
cook up some some meals and take it away with us and just yeah um, yeah but definitely being prepared with food um, not being I think people are very judgmental of others and um, I mean at work everyone's like oh come on just have one biscuit or <laughs> you know try and persuade you into eating stuff that you know you don't want to eat and I oh, don't eat it because I'm quite um, got good well, willpower not willpower I don't know I just think yeah, not, I don't know. You're good. You, have, you have a lot of incentive because you really want to do perform well. That's right. And and they're like, oh, it won't hurt you. But it does. Like if I have, oh, what did I, I remember having something um, before I competed at Worlds. So I don't even know if it was a biscuit or something. And I just thought, why would I even eat that? It's It made me feel awful after afterwards. And I think, uh, I mean, it's important to relax, but. Um, not being peer pressured, I guess, as an, even as an adult. Mm. And alcohol is a big one, isn't it? Like I find um, a lot of women find that, you know, that they need that um, the alcohol in their life. I'm pretty you lucky know? in that I don't, don't drink alcohol. Uh, it makes me really sick, even just a half a glass and... Oh, I'll feel rotten. So, um, but yeah, I guess running's my therapy. So, I don't need the alcohol. Yeah. But yeah, whereas others, that they can be definitely in social situations, that can be quite hard to deal with. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, for some people, alcohol actually works well when once their fat adapter actually works better. Alcohol and fructose, but. It depends on the individual. Like I, I'm a cheap drunk, so um, I'm like I'm like you, Lisa. Half a glass of wine, and I'm flesh red and feeling it. So, okay. Well, God, this has been a great interview. Anything you have else you want to share for our listeners um, about this way of life? And um, I guess you really kind of covered it. So we'll kind of wrap it up. Yeah, say go for it. Give it a go. Um, um, Peter, you've been wonderful in, I guess, changing my life. And it's really exciting, I guess, oh, with my running, um, the possibilities now of, you know, I've always, um, I've, yeah, I've always been quite okay at my running, but now feeling good, and even my, just my gut health, I think, has just improved so much. So, yeah, I'd like to thank you for helping me change my way of way of life i guess and um and um yeah it's even it just it, you it, you and david have been so helpful and insightful and um yeah definitely would never go back to the way that i um lived before well well thank you very much uh, naomi any any closing comments no i think that's um a lovely finish Thank you for letting us interview you today. Oh, no, thank you. Very yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you, Lisa, very much, because this is the kind of, we want to get the word out because people are wondering what we're doing. Definitely <laughs> can work for track athletes, so. So those Super. that think that it can't, it can, yep. You were listening to Food for Thought, the OFM podcast, sponsored by Vespa.